So Cogsman LaHood is about to join us here, and I think we, I'm hoping we have him on the line here, and I believe we do now have Congressman Darren LaHood live on the line with us. Congressman, are you there? Hey, Jim. Good to be with you and your listeners. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too, and thanks so much for taking the time. We've been looking forward to talking to you for a while. Congressman, I'm going to cut right to the chase with the vote tomorrow in Congress uh, to certify Joe Biden's victory in the November 3rd election. Will you, in fact, vote to certify that win and uh, vote to uh, confirm his uh, his victory? Uh, Well, Jim, first of all, uh, what I'm going to this will be the first time that I've ever been in this situation uh, to vote on something like this. I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to listen to the evidence. We're going to have a two hour debate depending on which states are objected to. I'm going to listen to that debate. And what I'm going to be looking for, Jim, is what new evidence, what new facts are out there. Uh, that pertain to irregularities, uh, any illegality, anything related to election fraud. I will tell you this, Jim, there are many of my constituents, as you may know, President Trump won my district overwhelmingly. There are many people concerned about the election and what occurred and the integrity of that moving forward. I'll be listening to that, listening to the debate intently, uh, and I'll make my determination after I hear that. Congressman, you say you want to hear what new evidence and facts come forward. That seems to suggest that there is old evidence or facts to point to any kind of voter fraud. And you yourself have said you've seen nothing of the sort. Why is there any reason to think that there's any rational basis to challenge Joe Biden's victory? So I would say this, Jim. One state that really concerns me is Pennsylvania, and here's why. You have a state legislature elected by the people of Pennsylvania that set the parameters for the election, just like they do in every other state. And what they said is no votes after election night at seven o'clock can be counted. But what happened in Pennsylvania is election commissions that are unelected, uh, courts that had unelected people, they changed the parameters. So votes came in for a day, two days, three days afterwards that weren't a part of that. I'm going to be interested to see where you have Uh, unelected people making decisions on when people can vote and can't vote. That's first. Secondly, can I I take you that one at a time? Because uh, those were mail-in ballots uh, and the Republican legislature in Pennsylvania made it so those ballots could not be counted in advance. They had to count them after the polls closed and after that election night. Uh, And and the courts have said, well, people voted under those conditions, and so those votes should be counted. Counting mail-in ballots after election night is nothing unusual. We do it here in Illinois. Why would that be in any way an indication of fraud or controversy? Well, the distinction there, Jim, is you are correct. In Illinois, we have a different system. What what we don't have is unelected people, people that— uh, are usurping the the authority of the state elected people to make these decisions. I think that's what's troubling to a lot of people. So in but, Pennsylvania, but Congressman, that, you've got you've got people like Ted Cruz wanting to usurp uh, the authority of, of voters in Pennsylvania. You have the Texas Attorney General, whose lawsuit you signed on to, wanting to usurp the election authorities in four swing states uh, that he doesn't represent. What's the difference? Well, listen, I I, want to hear the evidence. When you ask what I'm going to do tomorrow, Jim, what I'm telling you is, first of all, this is within our constitutional right. We're not doing anything that's not in the Constitution. This is part of the Constitution. That's first and foremost, right? We have the ability to look and have a debate on this. The the framers put in there a two-hour debate on each state there's an objection. Maybe there'll be an objection to Pennsylvania. Maybe it'll be the five others. But part of what my job, Jim, is to listen to that evidence, to digest that, determine whether... Uh, there's legitimacy with these fraud claims, and then vote on that. Um, and, and by the way, this happened in 2016 with the Democrats. 
in 2004 it happened with the Democrats. There's precedent for this happening. But Congressman, the difference, uh, so, the difference there is, though, that in those cases, the losing candidate did not at any time claim he'd actually won. The losing candidate wasn't trying to overturn the results. The people who filed those challenges said explicitly they weren't trying to overturn the results. They wanted to raise issues about voter suppression, for example. But we didn't have a situation that we have right now where the losing candidate is claiming that he won and demanding that people hand him that victory. Don't you see a distinction there? Well, that may be what the president's saying, but remember what folks in Congress that are objecting say. They're asking for for a a forensic audit. When you see these things that are unusual happening in states, I, I just think we ought to have some type of audit at a federal level that looks at what occurred, how it occurred, Make some determination on it. That's what we're asking for. But is, these is votes have been counted and recounted multiple times in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, in Michigan. They've gone through the process repeatedly, and every time the outcome is the same. Do, Congressman, let me just ask you this. Do you have any reason to believe that Joe Biden was not legitimately elected president of the United States on November 3rd? What concerns me, Jim, and I think will be fleshed out tomorrow, and what I'm going to be keenly watching is any new evidence. I mean, Two hours is a long time. Let's see the new evidence. Let's see what's out there. Let's see what they bring forth in Arizona, in Georgia, in Pennsylvania. The states that concern me the most, Jim, are Pennsylvania and Michigan because of what occurred outside of the parameters of elected people making these decisions. There were there were alterations to the election. So I want to hear that tomorrow as part of my constitutional um, responsibility as one member of Congress. And that's what we're going to do tomorrow, as was done in 2016, as was done in 2004. And by the way, in 2004, Nancy Pelosi objected, Jim. You know what she said? She said, when I object, this is democracy at work. That was her quote. It's fundamental to our democracy, uh, looking out for her voters that she thought were, quote, disenfranchised. So all I'm saying is this has happened before. The Democrats control the House. There probably is not going to be the votes there. But why not have the debate and lay it out there for people that, are concerned about the credibility of our election. I think regardless of what happens over the next couple of days here, Jim, we have to change the laws in these six states to make sure they're like Illinois, to make sure they're like Florida, where there's not a vote counted after 7 o'clock on election night. That has to change. Well, aren't all the votes counted after 7 o'clock on election night? I mean, isn't that how every so they count the votes that come in that, that night or, or mail? I'm, well, I'll give you. A, so should we so, not, so you we no longer that, count mail-in ballots after election night in Illinois? Is that what you're suggesting? So here's what happens in Illinois that is different from Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin. We passed a state law uh, that said all elect- all absentee ballots, all early voting in Illinois is tabulated before gets put into the system at 7 o'clock that night, and, and and everybody knows what they are. Same in Florida. But, but Congressman, hang, hang, on, hang on a second. That's not that's not accurate, though. We get votes that come in by mail up to two weeks after Election Day, and they're still counted. That happens yeah, all the time but, but here yeah, in Illinois. Yeah, but but what you're missing my point. All of the early votes and absentee votes that, that people do for 45 days before uh, are, are tabulated. No one knows how they voted, but they get put in the system at 7 o'clock. In Pennsylvania, they're counted two or three or four days later, weeks upon weeks. But that was the Pennsylvania legislature that made that decision. They said you couldn't count those votes early. That was by their choice. And now the Republican-controlled legislature, and now they're saying that's the basis to be suspicious of those votes. I mean, it sounds like that was an attempt to deliberately raise questions that could be conveniently used to challenge an outcome they didn't like. 
So, so let me let me give you another example, Jim. So in Florida, Bush versus Gore, different legal argument at the time, but Florida had an atrocious election system. So what happened after uh, the, the Bush election in, in 2000? Florida went and changed all their laws. So now they're exactly the same way as Illinois. I, I'm, I'll be the first one to admit, Illinois appropriately and ably ran the election with no issues because we knew on election night everything was counted. Same in Florida. What I hope comes out of this and will be raised tomorrow, Jim, is Pennsylvania never has these laws on the books again and never will have this. Same with Michigan, same with Wisconsin, Nevada, Arizona. That's what we need to have. And I'm not calling so, for national standards, but, but those states but isn't states that need exactly what that. you're calling for? You're, you seem to be saying that because we have a system right now of 50 individual states having their own elections. And it sounds like you want to have the exact same rules for every state, which wouldn't that be a national election? So I think setting national standards and letting states fall into that, that's what we did. And that's what Florida did. Does that that's mean we, we can get rid of the Electoral College if we're all going to have no, that, no, that no, same no. system? What, but why, why would we need that if we were going to have just one standard? Let's just have one national election and the popular vote would de- uh, determine who the president is. To put a finer point on it, Jim, we, we had a congressional election in New York that today is still undecided because they just found 12 votes in a desk drawer in New York. So it's undecided. I mean, it's those type of things. So we need to we need to change the laws in these states so we never have this issue again. I think that will come out of this, but it, sometimes we need to have a hearing like tomorrow to have that exposed and raised to to do that. And and I think that's what tomorrow is about: is how do we raise alarm bells about what happened in these states and fix it moving forward. Congressman Darren LaHood is live with us here this afternoon. Congressman, I, I just want to make sure I understand: Are you suggesting there's a possibility that there was a multi-state vote fraud that, uh, in again, multiple swing states flipped the election to Joe Biden because of improprieties in how that vote was conducted? Because the president has certainly suggested that, that this was somehow a, a massive effort across multiple states to deprive him of his rightful win. Are, are you suggesting that is a possibility? So, so those are your words, Jim. What, what, what well, I want it's to what the president, tomorrow? the president has said. The president well, has said that okay. he won the election, that he was, that he won by big amounts in Georgia, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania. Those are his words. What I'm asking is, do do you think that that is in fact a possibility? Well, that, that I wouldn't make those statements. But however, um, I, I do think we have a constitutional responsibility to have this hearing tomorrow and hear new facts and new evidence that may be out there. Uh, and that's what we, we have an obligation to do. If and, that evidence was out there, why wouldn't it have come forward by now? They've been to court dozens of times. They've offered no evidence of, of the sorts of things you're talking about here. Courts have rejected these cases over and over again. What's going to come out tomorrow that couldn't have already come out in the last eight weeks? So I think the argument you're making right now, Jim, is a similar one that they tried to make to Nancy Pelosi four years ago. And in 2004, you shouldn't be doing this. Again, we're in the parameters of the Constitution. This is part of our job, Jim, is to, to review this and hear this. If, so, if some senator wants to come down and object and we have a two-hour hearing, let's have it. I, I'm, I'm anxious. To, listen, I believe in facts and evidence. I'm anxious to see this, to hear it. I know my constituents aren't, too. Um, so, so that's what tomorrow is all about. And, and again, I, I'm not going in this with, with some predetermined conclusion on it. I want to see and hear and make a determinative um, uh, decision after that. Are you concerned that this is uh, actually harming public confidence in our elections and, and and making people mistrust this very important part of our democracy? 
Well, listen, I think, um, as you see by the fact that 75 million people voted for President Trump, you look at all the polling, you look at the fact that people are here protesting or at least coming to Washington, D.C., I mean, I think there's a lot of people that have questions and scratch their head. And, and listen, Pre- my Congressman, there's people who Illinois- think the earth is flat, but we don't have to indulge them either. 80 million people voted for Joe Biden. What about them? Well, all I'm saying is there are people that question what happened in Pennsylvania, people that question what happened in these other places. And, and again, I think that's what our constitutional obligation and duty is, is to hear that. And every member of Congress is going to have to make a decision on that when we look at that tomorrow. But again, I'm a facts and evidence person. That's what I want to see tomorrow. That's our constitutionally duty. And by the way, Jim, I don't think anybody was complaining about Nancy Pelosi doing this against Trump four years ago or in 2004 when she made all these comments about this is democracy at work because, and it's fundamental to democracy. But we didn't have a losing candidate claiming that he had won or she had won four years ago. And we do now. What was your reaction to President Trump's call down to Georgia telling them to, quote, find the votes he needed for victory? Do you have any qualms about that? Just to clarify, Jim, 2004, John Kerry lost to George Bush. They objected. Uh, Senator Boxer came down and objected. But Senator Kerry didn't claim he had won the election that he clearly had lost. He he never said that he he conceded the next day. I'm asking again about President Trump, who continues to insist he won an election that he did not win. Uh, Were you concerned when he uh, called down to the Georgia Secretary of State, uh, directing him to, quote, find the votes he would need for victory? Listen, I, I I did not listen to that call. I, I've Why been not? busy here in Washington. Well, I <laughs> I haven't it, listened to the call. It seems I, kind I, of I, important, I, doesn't it? Okay, okay. I, I I will at some point. I've been focused here on um on the new Congress and and my new assignments and all those things. So I haven't, but but I will, Jim, at some point. Uh, again, Jim, I go back to our constitutional obligation and our duty and our responsibility here just like every other member of Congress has that, that's what's going to go on over the next two days here. And we'll see. And by the way, I will say this, Jim, um, I've been very critical of President Trump's legal team. I think he's been ill-served by his lawyers. These lawyers uh, would have been disbarred in a lot of jurisdictions. Terrible lawyering. Um, And I contrast that with Bush versus Gore in 2000. Uh, Ted Olson, who was President Bush's lawyer, was precise. He was smart. He did things. I look at the filings and the pleadings by the Trump administration in Pennsylvania and Michigan and Arizona. It's terrible lawyering. But you you signed on and supported the case from the Texas attorney general, which was thrown out immediately by the U.S. Supreme Court. Was that not also terrible lawyering? Well, that was not from the president's lawyers. I I don't I wouldn't hire Rudy Giuliani or Sidney Powell or Lynn Wood uh, for a traffic ticket. Sure. But Donald Um, Trump is the president of the United States. He doesn't have to listen to these people. I'm sure there's other people around him who were saying, don't do this. But he's choosing to continue to flog these phony claims. That's his responsibility, ultimately, isn't it? Well, yeah. But but on the Texas case, that wasn't the, the president's lawyers doing that. That was the Texas, on any of these Texas cases. Texas. There's there's ample evidence to show that Donald Trump lost this election. He doesn't have to keep claiming that he won, but he continues to do so. Isn't that wrong? Ultimately, well, I, I think if um, they would have handled things differently from the beginning, uh, it, it, it would have been differently in terms of their legal strategy. But it gets back to my original point and what I'm going to do tomorrow uh, and the next day, Jim is I'm going to go in there on behalf of my 710,000 constituents, and I'm going to listen to the evidence and the facts as it pertains to whether it's one or six different states. I have an obligation and responsibility to do that, and I'm going to fulfill that. 
Congressman, I greatly appreciate your time. I'd love to talk to you again after this is all said and done to, to see what you learned tomorrow and how it all plays out. And I hope we get that opportunity and to also talk about what's going to be happening in the upcoming uh, new Congress. So thanks again for your time. And again, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Jim. Thank you for having me on. Take care.